Welcome to the Spiritual Movement Center podcast, the show where we talk about God, our humanity, faith, and the art of presence as prayer. I'm Jess Kennedy, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Peg Hutchins. And together, we welcome your whole self here, reminding you that nothing is a surprise to God. Well, it is our first show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Today, you're going to hear what we're all about at the Spiritual Movement Center. It's a good thing our whole selves are welcome, right? That is for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, golly. It's the first time out the gate. So here we go. Yep. Um, And hopefully we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to share in future episodes down the road. But for right now, we're going to talk about the work of the Spiritual Movement Center. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Peg. (laughs) Yeah, so just. (laughs) Oh, this is just so silly. Oh, my. But this is what we normally do when we're working is we laugh it all the time. Exactly. I mean, for heaven's sakes. Okay. Exactly. What do you want to talk about? So I'm sure there are people listening that have no idea what the Spiritual Movement Center is. Would you share a little bit about how it got started? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me questions. When did you start the Spiritual Movement Center? Well, the the Spiritual Movement Center is a collaboration of um, my dear longtime friend, Jeannie Judson, who began as my spiritual director. And the thing it is, I can't look at you, because if I look at you, then I start laughing. (laughs) Then don't look at me. And basically, um, the name and the movement and, well, the name came from us together. But it was birthed in Jeannie as she was um, sitting at her computer one day and um, got thinking about for formative opportunities for leaders, and um, and it just birthed from there. We sat in um, after a spiritual direction because she at that time she was my spiritual director, and we sat one day and listened as to what the name would be and um, thinking about the movement of God that is continually um, inviting us to walk the path of life that is always moving forward. So um, spiritual was always one, was always part of it. And then the movement is something that I just continued to feel was right. Mm -hmm. So in the center, it always brings us back to the center that is Christ. So... And Jeannie was just here, which is was really sweet. We haven't seen each other over 10 years, so it was really sweet that she's been able to see um, the birthing and the movement and how it continues to move forward because we felt like the name, the Spiritual Movement Center, would be those who came out of it would always would just take everything into the world. And so it's not a particular place but it is a place where we come together and then we go out. And so, and that's what, what the space has been here is it's a place to come forward, 
to come together, to collaborate, to listen to the movement of God in our own lives, and then we take it into the world. So it seems to, it seems to be holding true to its name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So from what I'm hearing, the, the idea and beginnings of the Spiritual Movement Center started with you and Jeannie. Mm-hmm. And now continues here in the in the retreat center here. Mm-hmm. So before it was the retreat center here where we work now, what was it then? How long ago was that? That's ancient history. I mean, it was 30 years ago, for heaven's sakes. Um, <laughs> for heaven's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a wee lass. When I was just a little girl learning how to walk. Basically, yes. learning how to walk. <laughs> um, I think it needs to, you know, I think we need to back up a little bit and say that, you know, the, the movement itself really began through a spiritual direction relationship mm. um, that grew into the collegial relationship that Jeannie and I have. And, um, and, and from there, we moved into um, providing opportunities for peer supervision for clergy. We had some friends that we did a pilot gathering with, and, uh, and it just kind of grew little, little uh, offshoots of that from place to place. Um, and the dream was that we would have a place um, where the center would be physically housed. And... Um, but ultimately, knowing that the center is where humans are, um, we just held on to the word movement because it's the movement of the Holy Spirit that continues to move us into our wholeness and all. But we did dream about a place. And the place really uh, became a reality when we started to do, um, when I started to do retreats. And we needed, um, the retreats were, were umbrellaed underneath and part of the work of the Spiritual Movement Center. And so really that's how the space hmm. began as part of my contribution to the Spiritual Movement Center were retreats and formative opportunities. And so um, we just ended up here in Wilmore. And that was all by divine design. That in and of itself is a story. Mm-hmm. That was, and it all comes from relationship. The Spiritual Movement Center was birthed out of relationship. Mm-hmm. It was birthed out of our relationship with God, birthed out of our relationship with each other, and continues to, and continues to be birthed and grown out of relationship. I mean, the place, the actual physical place, was uh, came into fruition through relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and isn't that just like God? Mm-hmm. Just like the Trinity. Yep. You know, what is it that um, Richard Rohr says? The principle of one is lonely. The principle of two is oppositional and moves towards preference. The, pre- the principle of three is inherently moving, dynamic, and generative. The work that you and Jeannie did together in starting the Spiritual Movement Center, 
has evolved and developed into what we have now, which is the physical location of the Spiritual Movement Center here in Wilmore, Kentucky. And things look a little bit different even in the last few years as the work has grown and changed and transitioned. So what is the work that you do now? Well, spiritual direction, which is sitting with people to help them to see where the movement of God is in their lives. Healing prayer sessions, where people have an opportunity to unpack lies they might believe about themselves. And then there we do what we call, well, we do the retreats, which are um, on-site overnight times that are done in a small group. And what I'm doing is I'm continuing to, to live out of my call as a spiritual director and a pastor and uh, offering opportunities for healing and wholeness for people. And that they show up in, in like I said, spiritual direction appointments, um, prayer appointments, small group events such as retreats where five to six people come together and as the church and we sit with one another and provide opportunities for God to bring us to into more of our true selves. Mm-hmm. Currently we're, we're preparing, uh, as you know, we put lots of blood, sweat, and tears and laughter into <laughs> the apprenticeship in the art of presence is prayer. And um, that sounds very ambiguous, I realize, <laughs> but what we've come to realize is that that presence, our very presence with one another is an opportunity for the movement of God to be revealed just by kindness and listening and listening without feeling, listening without um, feeling as though we have to fix somebody, mm-hmm. listening in a way that is not advice giving, listening in a way that is not interpretation and providing opportunities, like we said at the onset, where a person's whole self is welcomed, no matter what, because nothing is ever a surprise to God. Yeah. And um, so it's, a, it's an opportunity, it's a place for people to, a sacred space for people to tell, tell the truth. Because what we've discovered is, no matter what the truth is, it always says it's free. Yes, it does. So doesn't matter how, doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So. That's a little bit about what I'm doing. (laughs) Thank you, Peg. Thanks, Jess. So Mm. uh, I think we want to take a few moments just to introduce ourselves so that our listeners know who we are just a little bit. And I'll go first. I'm, like I said in the beginning, Jess Kennedy. I'm a seminary student, almost finished, um, in the process of ordination. And I have the privilege of working with Peg here at the Spiritual Movement Center. I think my official title is Ministry Assistant, but I feel much more like a partner in crime at times. (laughs) (laughs) A partner in the ministry and the work. And I love to write. I love to get to sit at the feet of Jesus with others and um, see the ways that God continues to heal and grow people as they take time to come out here and experience God. 
We have a good time. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, a little bit about me. Um, I'm married to Rick, um, who is the love of my life. I am five foot two, and he is six foot four. Therefore, we are. Um, I am vertically challenged, so we have come <laughs> to learn. <laughs> and everything in our home is on a high shelf. <laughs> so, um, Rick and I love to ride motorcycle, and we have a Honda um, Goldwing that's a 1500cc. That's an, an older older Goldwing. And so you would, you could see us, and it's blue. It happens to be Kentucky blue, but it was never meant to be Kentucky <laughs> blue. It just happened to be that way. And so, um, you know, we like to go out into the, um, out into the back roads and the back areas of the beautiful, beautiful area of Kentucky where all the horses are, and that's great fun. And everybody thinks you're Kentucky fans. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well we, we've come to be Kentucky fans. Yeah. You know, we're originally from the Finger Lakes in New York State, and I was raised there on a lake, on Cayuga Lake, and... Um, when I moved to Kentucky, it was the first time I was landlocked in my whole life because of all the places I've lived. I've always lived near water. So, so anyway, grew up in in the Finger Lakes. Um, Rick and I have been married now for um, over thirty three years. We have two adult children, <laughs> uh, Matthew and Amanda. Both are in their they just turning forty, and we have one granddaughter. Sydney, who is about to be 12, and all that that means. <laughs> she's delightful. She's an artist. She's bright. She's, she's just an amazing, amazing young person. Um, I'm an ordained United Methodist clergy, retired. <laughs> For those who couldn't see, she just did a little celebratory dance. <laughs> Um, but not it, retired from ministry. Absolutely not. And I recently <laughs> retired from uh, over 18 years of ministry work at Asbury Theological Seminary, uh, where I began to serve in several, several capacities. Um, and um, but I retired in March of 2019. But I didn't retire from my work. Mm. What I did is I just moved from one location to the other, and that was. That was a real sweet gift that God gave to me. That um, so I I'm just um, I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm a friend. I'm a wife. Um, what else do I like to do? I love the beach. I love the beach. <laughs> I love the beach. <laughs> um, I love to laugh. I love to cook. Um, my favorite thing is things are to have a good meal, um, a good glass of wine, and good conversation. Mm. And so, um, and I'm lucky enough when she invites me over for those kinds of nights. <laughs> <laughs> it's great fun. I mean, there isn't anything more rich and, and fulfilling for me to have um, to appreciate good food mm. and um, and have have a gathering where really the whole thing touches all of your senses, and it is a gathering at the table, mm -hmm. and so it's sweet. So that's a little bit about me. 
I love to laugh. <laughs> she does love. We both love to laugh. Yeah, we love to laugh. And often we're laughing together. So if you don't like laughter, you probably don't want to listen to this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think another thing I would like to say about me is I I love, oh dear. Nothing brings me greater joy than having the privilege of seeing the captives get set free. Mm-hmm. And um, see the, the way that God loves us into our best selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I should. <laughs> You could. I get emotional from time to time (laughs) when it comes to the things of God. As is a right and holy thing. Yeah, it is. It is something incredible to be able to sit and watch the Holy Spirit come and completely love somebody into being and change their freedom that change and reorient everything change what was painful into a gift or a a reference point where it reorients everything to god Mm -hmm. and turns away from the darkness turns away from in in the suffering and the pain or whatever may have happened in a person's life truly becomes an opportunity for god to restore with the locusts of eden Mm -hmm. there isn't um, I mean, how do you ever get tired of that? Holy moly. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, golly, I never get tired. I feel more alive when I'm doing this than, than the older I get, the more alive I feel. That's, you know, I mean, really. Well, you see me. Yes, I do. <laughs> I <can't see. laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's a holy thing. Mm-hmm in all the best ways. Yeah, sure is. I think that you've already heard a little bit of our heart for the ministry that happens here. Um, But we're going to take a few moments to just talk about our approach to this work, to the ministry that happens here. Um, Some of the things that we think are the non-negotiables and um, the way that, that God has um, shaped and formed Peg and given her experiences that have continued to inform the way that we do ministry here. So Peg, what has God given you as your work? What has God given, given to me as my work to love? God makes it pretty clear. When, um, you know, as I, my, my work is now is to, is to train and to equip the people of God for the, re, really for the revival of the church. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions I've had right along as we've developed more of the work of the retreat center, you know, the spiritual movement center is, and feeling a call and a nudge to develop training. And so what is, what it, you know, there's so much training out there in the area of, of healing, prayer, and it's like, well, what in the world, God? Why, why, why this? Mm-hmm. 
So this is what seems to have formulated. And um, now, mind you that this comes from years of formation, my personal formation. I mean, we're talking years of formation. And um, I've got a lot more formation in you. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot more formation to do, but you know, it's um, yeah. So anyway, my question to the Lord is, um, why this training when there's already so many others? And why, why in the world me, of all people? Um, and so it's become quite clear that my, my, my hope and first and foremost in this ministry is to do no harm. First and foremost, to do no harm. And, um, always have everything pointing to God. That it's not about me. It's not about the other person who is maybe doing the heal that I'm training, but it's all about the movement of God. And, and I keep pointing people to the movement of God. And I, I've learned not to rely on my own understanding. I, I realize that I, you know, I've got nothing <laughs> except for Jesus. And, um, and I don't have the answers, but together we're going to figure out what the answers are because God, God knows. Mm -hmm. Jesus has all the answers. And I don't say that in a sweet, sicky way, and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like, well, Jesus has all the answers. Well, Jesus has the answers. Yeah. And um, it's a matter of listening and learning how to listen. So I don't rely on my own understanding, and I've learned to wait upon the Lord. And waiting, learning how to wait is difficult. <laughs> And learning how to wait is, is taken, it's taken, I've learned how to wait, but it hasn't been easy. It's been hard to learn how to wait. I spent six years waiting, not so awful long ago, as to what in the world is God opening up for me and brought me here to Wilmer, Kentucky, of all places. So, but it's become my country, become my home, yes. which we enjoy being here, just so we dismantle that. Um, and so I've learned to wait and not to go ahead of God. Just learn to wait. Um, and uh, like I said before, above all else, I've, I, my desire is to do no harm and to provide a safe, good space for the Lord to work hmm. and to heal. And that the people know, know that it's God that is doing the work because we're not that smart. <laughs> and um, I mean, I have got all kinds of tools in my toolbox, but uh, what works for one, it doesn't necessarily work for the other. Yeah, and you need somebody to tell you when to use what tool. <laughs> Absolutely, and not only that, but helping folks to be in charge of their own process, mm -hmm. because we already have the truth, you already have the whole health and wholeness already in us. It's just a matter of uncovering all the junk and God loves to do mm -hmm. that, absolutely loves to do that. And what I've learned to do is to just to be an assistant. I too am an apprentice along the journey. And so if you work your process, I mean the whole, we need safe people and I need safe people in my life and Jess, you, you need safe people in your life and so this, 
this whole spiritual movement center, this actual place, is set aside to train up safe people. Mm -hmm. And the space itself is sacred and is a safe place for people to come. And everybody will say that, that has been in and out of here, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, which is hard to believe, but it's <laughs> true. And God has made it clear that, that it is a sacred place, and we have created a space and opportunities for God to revive the people of God. So the church, the church is renewed, mm -hmm. and the church is growing. So this work is all about empowering leaders, setting leaders free, so then the leaders can then therefore go and set their help their people to be set free. Mm -hmm. So that's the work. Yeah, and I think that it's important for people to know that we have the little way going on here. Absolutely. That the there's not this giant group of people that are coming mm -mm. so it's, that it's we can teach one, one person at a time it's just like this apprenticeship it's about investing in a small group of people that i can see clearly are, are called to this work and can cultivate this in them more fully in their own person mm -hmm. that then just by the nature of them going forth and, and working in the workplace, they become safe people. I mean, yeah. you know, to go to an office and to have a person that's being trained up as a safe person and becoming a safe person will, will make a difference in the, in the workplace. So it is the little way. It's common and ordinary. And by the hand of God, it truly does become extraordinary. Yeah. It does. Yeah. You mentioned workplace. And I just realized that we haven't really talked about the people who we minister to and with. So is this ministry for people who are clergy only? No, <laughs> absolutely not. It's for everyone. It's, this is not because people are, people are leaders in all, in all ways of life. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be a medical doctor and begin to get to walk this way of apprenticeship and imagine having a doctor walk into your room and he, this he or she is a safe person mm -hmm. and they reach out their hand and peace is imparted healing is imparted love is imparted just by their very presence and it makes it just makes all the difference in the world so you know anywhere from a person who seemingly does does menial work, of, let's say dumping out our garbage, for example, mm -hmm. that is a holy gift. Yes. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your job is. If you feel have a sense of of God calling you to be more than you are, it's for you. Yeah, and that goes for spiritual direction, for Absolutely. prayer appointments, for the apprenticeship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our whole approach to healing and wholeness. Yeah, I think that's important. So this is what we believe, and this is this is our approach. We believe um, that God is the one who heals us, and that we are companions on your journey, on the journey with others, in the journey of healing. Uh, we trust that God is leading us in the process. 
We really trust that God mm-hmm. is leading us in the process. And um, when a person comes, um, you are in charge of your own process, and you are free to participate as fully in the retreats um, that we do, the healing retreats. You're um, free to participate as fully as you desire or not. Nobody's ever going to make you do something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. No is always, always, always no. Um, we believe healing doesn't happen in isolation, but in the holy company of trusted companions. And everything is confidential unless you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else. We focus on awareness of the present moment where we know God is at work bringing wholeness into our lives. And there's nothing that you could do that would shock or surprise us. (laughs) Let me just qualify that. There's nothing (laughs) that you could do, say, that would shock or surprise me. (laughs) <laughs> okay it I may, haven't lived quite as maybe, long as you <laughs> you know maybe some others would but yeah not, I mean it's always fun to see people men and women both when we talk about that there is nothing I mean honestly there's nothing you could do that would shock or surprise me so you're welcome no matter what your Christian experience is you're welcome here mm-hmm. we hold each other and you your stories sacred uh, knowing that you're created in the image of God that you're the beloved of God and that you're being healed by God you know our mission statement is to listen to love teach and pray for all who come seeking the healing ministry of Jesus Christ and we offer it in a gentle caring environment where it's safe to receive God's healing love The world has become a place that's not safe and that I just am so thankful to been entrusted with an actual space that can create holy hospitality. So there you have it, Jess. Sweet. It is sweet. Sign me up. (laughs) It is sweet. It is. Yeah, and the deal is, you know, this is a kind of a process that you have to experience because it's hard to talk about. Yeah. I mean, how many times <laughs> have people said, well, you got to go and experience yeah. it? And, I mean, it's not some secret society to be part of, but because yeah. we're all individuals and God, and, and nobody's the same, yeah. that we're all different. We all have different fingerprints, and and God knows us by, God knows us. Therefore, how there's no formula. Yes. There's no formula for healing. Now, some would argue that with me. And that's <laughs> there, okay. The only formula is that God is the healer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there are, there, there, are, there are little systems that we can use to keep things organized and uh, prevent chaos from breaking out. But it's really quite lovely to see. Praise so. Me. Well, now we can talk a little bit about the rest of the podcast season. Yeah, I think what uh, um, the you know going forward, we'll want to talk about what is spiritual direction. Yeah, and what does that look like? Um, because it's not a mystery, and um, you know it's journeying with somebody. I mean, Margaret Gunther. I found I, found, I went back through my notes and I found a really neat thing that Margaret Gunther said about spiritual direction. 
she said, it's always a story of a journey, always a story about relationship with God. Whether the directee is flee fleeing the hound of heaven or lost or yearning or living among the swine and eating their husks. And the spiritual director's task is to help connect the individual story to the story of God and thereby helping the directee recognize and claim identity in Christ, discern the action of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I think it would be fun to talk about, you know, what is, what is spiritual direction? And um, who, who would need spiritual direction? And why bother? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe a person is called to that ministry. Yeah. So... And we might want to say at this point too, Jess, that the um, the apprenticeship or the ministry that I do is is an eclectic one, and that is it's um, it's a weaving of um, Gestalt therapy, healing prayer, and spiritual direction. The, the Gestalt piece is working with what shows up and watching the whole person and the healing and wholeness because we Gestalt is wholeness. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, I am not a Gestalt therapist. I am a pastor with many years' experience. Mm -hmm. So I want to make that very clear. I am not a therapist. But you practice Gestalt pastoral care. Exactly. The next few episodes will revolve around things like spiritual direction, like we mentioned and we'll talk about some theology, important theology topics, like our image of God. We'll talk about humans and the incarnation, Jesus Christ, the Trinity, what is the role of the church, pastoral care, and the importance of presence in people's lives and being present. And then we'll probably just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to have fun as we do the rest <laughs> of this stuff. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. oh, I don't know that there's anything else that they need to know about us for right now. They probably know more than they want to. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Spiritual Movement Center podcast. We hope you learned something from our conversation, and if you did, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email at podcast at spiritualmovementcenter.com with your feedback or questions. If you enjoyed the show and would like to subscribe, hit the subscribe button below or in your Apple podcast app. And remember, nothing is a surprise to God. Mm -hmm.